Welcome to Artist Bebop, episode number 51. This is the weekly ramble where I take a timer, set it for 22 minutes, and ramble about art. This is the daytime edition. Warnings are that there may be background children noise. <laughs> so, this was an exciting week. I did my taxes early. And what that allowed me to do was look at my art numbers. So, this past year, I've been preoccupied because I felt that my numbers were down. But being able to sit down and look at all of that, I found that my numbers art-wise were actually up. And I had some theories throughout the year. You know, November and December were the slowest. It picked up right after Christmas, which I think my idea that people were being more conservative with their money was right. But also this past year, I noticed that I'd been selling larger works and an added thing that's happening more lately is I'm getting people buying kind of collections with the idea of putting them in businesses, which is super cool. But all of that happens slower than what I've been doing. Prior to the pandemic, I was an artist that showed locally in pop-ups, festivals, spaces, gallery spaces. I did a lot. It was no less work than what I do now, which is online. It was more physical, that's for sure. And it was more effort. But it was more effort for smaller returns. And so what I've been trying to figure out the past few years is I see, I see the power of representing yourself online and how to make that really, really work for me so that I can not only continue doing what I'm doing, but do well for, for my kiddos and me. So it just made me very thoughtful of, like I said, I, prior to the pandemic, I mainly showed live. And then, you know, all of a sudden the world stops and you can't do that. I, I leaned into social media and that's where I really started to create content. And that's where I really started to love it. Not just because of the sales, but because of the connection I was having. And last year, you know, as I said, I was worried financially. I picked up an eBay side hustle and I've been learning about that and it's been insightful. And I've been applying it to what I do with my marketing and my sales online. But this one guy who I watch to get information on selling online, put something together as an example that I think runs parallel to what I've been saying about art. So I'm gonna take these glasses and 
I'm going to go out and sell them locally. I can do that physically. I can use Facebook Marketplace next door. But locally, I'll get $10 for these maybe. Right? I put them online. Take pictures of them. Float them on eBay or Mercari or Poshmark. And I get 35 Big price difference. The difference being that that's a global or national market versus local. My friend and I have had a few discussions where you do these pop-up shows, you pay $20, usually minimum. And some days you do really well, but then others, you're lucky if you get out of there with $40. <laughs> That's very real. Now, I had been selling online prior to the pandemic, but I saw a real dire necessity when, when that all happened. And so what I did is I, I took eight by tens, I priced them at $35 and just hoped a few would move. What happened was a lot of them moved and I realized a large part of that was the attention that was on the phones. I think social media, all of this always has attention, but that was a very concentrated attention. And I guess that was my fear that maybe I had started there and, you know, it was tapering off. But, if, you know, when I look at the numbers, the work I started then, it's the reason I'm able to sell bigger pieces, which, you know, even when I started, I started with an 8x10 because I didn't think I could move a bigger piece that quickly or that, that it would be slower. And, and I'm right about that. It still is slower, but it's more possible for me now than it was when I started those eight by tens at $35. So I started them at $35. And what happened was I was getting a lot of commissions, which is great. I love commissions, but commissions are, they're different than the normal studio flow. In the studio, I'm doing what I want and free-flowing. And it's just me. It's just me and the paint. And, and I put them out when I'm ready, you know, to the world. A commission, it's a responsibility. And you do feel, as, a, as an artist, you want to do right by your, your client that's trusted you to make this thing for them. And I want to make it as special as possible. So that's more work. And so I was getting a lot of commissions and I was feeling the pressure of that work. So 
what I decided to do was incrementally raise the $35 by five. And so today I sell these at a hundred. I'll run sales and you can get them cheaper. But that curve, that workflow, and I wasn't, I'm not overwhelmed with commissions. And actually what it did was that's part of what helped my bigger pieces move was that price increase. Those are things that I, I wouldn't have thought about. You know, I did not start out as a business savvy artist. I'm still not. I still learn as last year showed me. I still learn every day and I, and I want to improve and I want to have that balance of working on the creativity, but also making it possible because that is a, a critical balance. So yeah, it was, that was a lot to think about and even, even looking at, you know, I started the eBay side hustle where, which I enjoy because I usually, uh, I'm looking for canvas and that type of thing. A lot of things come back from my studio, but that also has allowed me some breathing room and I'm not worried about, because at $35, moving a lot of those, I don't have as much as that now. But doing the eBay thing makes me worry less about that. And I, I'm good with that. Because that means I can just, on the little stuff, I can just have more freedom. So, yeah, that it, it, I think what gets me is, you know, at this point, in my life, this is just who I am. I make things and I, <laughs> I put them out there and this is all my thing. And so the anxiety of last year was really weighing on me. And it's such a relief, but it's also, I share it because I think back to my first art mentor, Kyle Fu in Houston, he does origami. And he was the first one to, outside of my family, to say, hey, you should do something with your art. He's, he was the first one to push me to do, to apply for grants. And I got, I got my first grant and it was him pushing. I wouldn't, I don't think I would have done it otherwise, but I, I've always appreciated that encouragement. And it's part of my sharing my process. One thing that he told me, and I was, I was very young and he, he said, because you're an artist, your audience comes a great deal of them you will find are, are people that 
have a creative thing inside of themselves and maybe didn't act on it for whatever reason, either economics or, or just whatever, but they, they had this thing and they probably still have this thing. And so when they see an artist doing their thing, they're inspired and they want to lend support to that. And that was such a sage observation. It's something I completely feel and see. And I guess my purpose for sharing my journey, there's so much I'm always trying to do. It's not like I'm some big shot, but I do okay. I hold my own and I'm able to do what I want. I'm able to lean into my happiness. And I guess my, my point in sharing the journey, the process, every facet of it, I don't, I have nothing, I don't want to share about the creativity. Because if it does an ounce of what his energy did for me, I love that and I'm thankful. And I'm, I'm happy to, to pull my creative tribe up if I can. It's community in the arts is so important. There's a reason for most creatives that we don't fit other places. And only an artist can understand the other fully. What this is, what, <laughs> what the compulsion is, what the, where that drive comes from and why even if you wanted to at some point, it doesn't turn off. It doesn't go back. Yeah, I, if, and we're living in such an age where, you know, we have these phones, we have minimal equipment with which to be able to not have to depend on a smaller local market to build a dream that's really bigger than that. If you're an artist, your dream is big. And I guess that means different things to different people. For mine, it's just fully doing what I do. The rest of it, I encourage and I, I want it. I want it to, to help me thrive, to do more, to create more, to think of more projects. <laughs> which, which reminds me of, uh, so, Soon, I think, I will inherit the CEO uh, position in a nonprofit. And what I want to do with that is create a local space. Before COVID, there was a core group of artists that I would show with, and we would produce shows together every 90 days. 
We'd stay up late hanging them, making tags, going to the show. And right before COVID, we were really seeing the fruits of that. And it went away. And I, I miss I miss what we built. But the beauty of it is that we started that effort in 2016. And we would do shows and a lot of the times it was artists staring at each other <laughs> in a room with the show that we had created together. And that core group, the beauty of that was that it didn't matter. We were there together. We'd done this thing. We were united. And I feel that online. And again, larger net. The people that really gel with what I do, I'm often in contact with. And, you know, at, as things go along, it's like I can see creating projects, doing something with that connection. But I like, I like what we were doing here locally. And that's the thing, it can be both. It's just, I do always think that the larger income part of it comes from what you can put out there globally, which I think prior to, to really selling online at the capacity that I've gotten to, I didn't see it as possible. I didn't think, I always thought that people would need to see the piece in person, but I find it's, it's not the case, especially if you're documenting. I think maybe if you're not documenting, if you're not sharing, if you're not putting things out there, it, it is different. I th a cool thing that I listened to last night was Joe Rogan with Bobby Lee. So in terms of comedy, Bobby Lee thanked Joe Rogan for what he did for comedians. And what he meant by that is that, you know, Joe set an example. He started this podcast in, you know, early, early podcast history where it was still a nebulous thing. Like what is a podcast? That's not really a question today. There it's, a rec very recognized format. And he was an early comedy adopter. And so what Bobby Lee said was that prior to emulating Joe's podcast formula, he was, he was struggling. He wasn't, he didn't have the freedom that he has now. And he wasn't drawing the crowds that he has now. And part of that is this format, it gives you a fuller picture of the creative. It gives an audience a fuller picture of who this person is, what makes them tick, what the art is truly about. 
the audience, especially for us visual artists, don't have to... And there's a bigger, if the audience wants it, there's a bigger explanation for what we do. If we have access to the person, the creator, their thoughts, their feelings, their, their wins, their losses. <laughs> and so he, he thanked Joe Rogan. And I, I thought that was so powerful. He's, the comedy is something I admire, and it's why I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. It's not just because I, I want to laugh, but that's a tough job, too. That's that's on par with what what we do as visual artists. You know, you're gonna go talk on a microphone and make that your living. Whew. <laughs> uh, but I, I admired it so much, and I admired admired it. But it, it turned on the light bulb that uh, as visual artists. No reason we can't emulate the same formula. So if you're a creator, do do your podcast, do your do your thing. And just like we're able to create art shows locally, we have a bigger net. And if you're vibing what with what I do, or vice versa. Taking that energy and yeah, there's such potential. And if you have that thing you want to do, do it. It's here, it's within reach. So this has felt more like a weekly lecture. Little post ramble here. I don't know. I went hard there. <laughs> I don't. I don't have much to add. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your interaction. Thank you for your inspiration. And I will see you next time. Welcome to my world, El Santos world. Bebop.